0: Welcome to the Logger and Listings podcast with JFK Properties. This podcast gives real estate investors, experts, and entrepreneurs an opportunity to share their stories over a casual beverage. Hosted by the founding members of JFK Properties, an investment company that specializes in commercial and residential real estate. So sit back, grab a drink, And listen to this real, insightful, and sometimes funny podcast on real estate investing and entrepreneurship. Welcome to another episode of the Logger and Listings Podcast. This week, I have the honor of having Jameson, somebody that I've known for several months and actually seen him grow as a person, as a real estate investor, and as a father. So very glad to have you on, Jameson. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, Kurt. It's uh, awesome. I've been listening to Locker and listing since you've released it. So I'm really excited to be on this. And I myself am super thankful and grateful that you even thought of me to, to join today. So I'm excited to get this conversation started.
0: No, absolutely. I think that um, there's a lot of things that you've been doing this year that a lot of our listeners can uh, take away, whether they are starting new into investing, whether they've been doing it for a bit or are getting stuck or really wanting to take what they're doing to the next level. So Let's just dive in here and tell me a little bit about your background prior to getting into real estate.
1: Yeah. So prior to real estate, I've always been in sales. I I think I was really lucky enough to have enough self-awareness to understand that I had one and one superpower only, and it's talking to people and it's understanding people, really being able to listen to other people's pain points behind what they're actually saying, and then being able to deliver a solution based on what I was selling at the time. So I've been a part of several different businesses from technology to startups to SaaS software as a service. And it wasn't until five years ago that I entered real estate, but I used a lot of my learnings from the tech side of things and in the sales side of things, which ultimately grew my career. I was at executive positions at several different companies where I was leading out sales teams across North America and business development across North America as well. So I took all of that learnings and all of those specific things uh, and applied them to real estate, which really accelerated my growth in this space. So yeah, prior to that, I was in in sales and uh, specifically business development as a whole, uh, and then moved into real estate about five years ago in tandem with doing that as well. So it wasn't until I really started focusing all of my efforts, I guess, in January of this year with Cashflow Tribe and with investing heavily into my real estate business that it really started catapulting.
0: So tell me about your first deal five years ago, starting out in real estate. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that was a little bit of a weird situation. So let's backtrack a little bit. I actually got started with real estate because of my father, he's a real estate agent as well. And long story short, he was looking at people buying houses and fixing houses. And then they'd come back to him and be like, hey, you want to sell my house? Didn't I just work with you a few months ago? And so he kind of saw real estate being a tool to essentially build wealth. And really, my dad is my inspiration. And he's somebody that I really look up to in this space. And as well as in who I am becoming as a father myself now with two, somebody that I really want to replicate and and somebody that I've learned from so much. And so five years ago, there was an opportunity and I didn't know it was an opportunity until I started understanding what an opportunity was. And so five years ago, my cousin was looking at purchasing a condo. Long story short, she said, I'm short this much money. Can Would you be able to lend me some money and I could pay you back sometime?" And I was like, thinking to myself, I was like, I just read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I need to have some equity in this. Like, I need to start building my assets. And so... I had that conversation with her and I said, you know what, I'll give you the money, but I want 50-50 splits. You're paying the mortgage, you're paying the utilities, you're paying everything, but I want 50% of the condo. And she was like, okay. And I didn't know what cash flow was at the time. I didn't know anything else. I just wanted equity, equity, as in being able to own something for myself. And five years ago, I would have been 21. So that was, I was really young and really naive, didn't know much, but that actually helped get me started and actually understanding what that looks like. And they just sold their condo a few months ago and I've just been able to reap the rewards. And I I think i 5X my money on that. So, awesome. you know, it was only recently that I actually saw the results of that, but five years, 5X, I'm, I'm very happy with that.
0: That is awesome. And again, being 21 and starting off in real estate, um, I'm sure a lot of 21 year olds out there are off at, you know, college, university, partying, working, traveling, yep. not really focused on, you know, building a future you know, building something that they can, you know, pass on to their kids like uh, you're doing right now. So let's fast forward a bit. So we did the condo and you said that things really started to pick up this year for you. What have you been focusing on this year that's kind of propelled your investing career?
1: Yeah, I mean prior to that we were doing fixes and flips. Like like I said, my dad got into that side of things. So we invested in a couple of cottages in in Decor, the Kwartha Lakes region. I started doing my own stuff as well outside of that with other partners across the GTA and the greater horseshoe area, right? So Niagara going all the way to Oshawa, dealing with mainly fixes and flips. Never really thought about refinancing because obviously I'm 21 mortgage I, I always had this fear that mortgage agents would never accept me. So we would always take private money. You know, I didn't have you know, a strong income, didn't have great credit. Didn't really have anything that a mortgage broker agent would say, hey, Jameson, you're an ideal person. We want you to be our client. Um, you know, so I'm a young, scrappy 21-year-old. Uh, and so we, throughout the years, it started off with that one, which led into to the next year, which led into four, which led into really just this cyclical game of like, hey, you know, there's actually money all around. Let's keep investing and flipping this stuff. The reason I said it didn't really start taking off until this year is because we saw, and as we saw in the GTA, the largest peak of prices between January and March of 2022, where prices of properties were just skyrocketing. And we we doubled down in our flipping business at that time. Long story short, April came and then May came and then June came. And so <laughs> the, the interest rates, like really, it changed the way that we had to operate. And I think I remember chatting with you once before. I was like, we had to refinance and sell two of our properties just Mm -hmm. to pay back all of our investors Mm -hmm. you know so the change of the market really i guess halted the flipping business but with many obstacles come obviously great opportunity and it wasn't until i really started doubling down on who not how and that's a saying that my part business partner mark will always mention and i met my team dina and mark which i actually met virtually and nobody believes that but i met them virtually I was attending one of their presentations when when they were raising capital, and when we had our one on one, we were just like, "Hey, we really vibe together. Like, could we potentially look at working together?" And so, long story short, Dina, Mark, and I we just created this company called Unitum, in which we started investing heavily into multi-unit properties. And this specific one, the first one, and the reason I say catapulted is because I went from single families, duplexes, triplexes, like very small conversions, very small flips, into a thirty-two unit. <laughs> apartment building in Alberta.
0: Yeah, that is impressive, and, and you know, I think I think people will hear that and be like, "How? Why? Yeah. Like, so what was that leap like? Like, you know, what was the process like? But also, more importantly, what were you feeling as you were looking at this 32-unit building that you've never done before, coming from single-family homes, flipping student rentals? Oof,
1: who not how? You know, you you asked, I love what you said there. It's like, how did you do this? But it wasn't how that I did it. It was that I started connecting networking with like-minded individuals. I started seeking instead of opportunities to seek, I started seeking people that would complement my weaknesses, right? Because I, like I said, I know my superpower, it's sales and negotiation. It's really being able to understand people as a whole. And I love talking to people. I love talking in general. If you didn't get that by now, I I really love talking, but long story short, I also learned that listening is such a huge part of that. And so I started listening to what other people were specializing in. I started trying to seek people that had superpowers outside of my own. And one of the things that I, I realized is, okay, Underwriting, for example, like, I love the number side of things. I'm not great at it. You know, it's something that I don't enjoy doing, you know, being able to be after purchasing the property, I hate dealing with all the paperwork. I hate dealing with tenants, all of that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when I met Mark and Dina, it was like, I just instantly saw that they had superpowers that were different from my own. They had strengths that I could learn from because I was weak in those areas. And, you know, a man can't be an island, you know, so And when I started seeking that specifically, that's when the universe—I don't know—that sounds strange, but really started manifesting. Like, okay, I'm looking for business partners that can complement my weaknesses, and that's really when they came about. And so, to answer your question, how did we do it? Well, it wasn't how it was. Who Dina was familiar with multi-unit properties. Mark himself had a, a large portfolio of Airbnbs. But me and Mark were just like this is the biggest thing that we've ever done. And. You know, we even went on the way we found the property was just, we ran the numbers as we generally would We're like, okay, you know, let's, let's take a look at the numbers. Let's see. So we did a quick check. We, we got it from a wholesaler from cashflow tribe, you know, one of Shelly Hagen's students, long story short, I was like, huh, this is not just a regular, you know, this is not just a regular opportunity. This is a deal right here. And so, you know, they say good deals are found, but great deals are made. And so originally the listing price was 3.7. Then the guy came back to me and said, Hey, the opportunity is still on the table. Like a month later. For me, that's an indicator. I'm like, I'm going to negotiate with you because you're desperate.
0: He, he's motivated.
1: <laughs> so I said, you know, hey, hey, and I'm going to give a shout out to David Benoit. He's he's a great wholesaler. He's one of Shelley Hagen's students. You know, he's been able to in the, in the last four months been able to take his business to the next level as well. First, very first wholesale deal, 57k finder's fee. But long story short, they didn't have the project on, on contract. So I said, hey, I'll you know if we get this on contract, I'll give you a wealthy finder's fee. Don't worry, just connect me with the sellers. I circumvented the wholesalers, talked to the seller. Long story short, we were able to get that down to about 3.1 on contract and that's when we got it and that's a solid, you know, 600k discount on that side of things. And then after doing our due diligence, we were able to renegotiate 250k below the asking price. So, 3.1, 250k under, so we saved about uh, So our purchase price was 2.95 mil from 3.7. And then <laughs> And then then we got 350K VTV, and as well, the seller is um, also lending us 250K for the property as well to be still be an investor on the equity side of things. So So. we wouldn't have been able to do that. It was really who, not how. Like I partnered with people that complemented my weaknesses and was able to really multiply my strength they gave me the tools i needed they gave me the numbers i was able to negotiate with and the ammunition for me to excel at what i do best which was sales and negotiations and then yeah and and we raised the capital we had strong networks um my two partners are involved with different real estate investing networks i myself am invested with different real estate networks Um, Mm -hmm. we spend over hundreds of thousands of dollars every single year in investing in ourselves and so the two main things that i really Learned from that was it wasn't really how I did it, but it was number one, networking with the right people. So the who and education, what I knew exactly how to do it. So those two things I would say, as you mentioned, for anybody that's looking at this, like saying, how did you do it? Well, find the right people and make sure you learn every single thing that you can about real estate, right? You know, educate yourself first and as well get to know the people around you.
0: Now, that is awesome. And I think, you know, the first question that will probably pop in a lot of people's minds you have a great deal on the table. You've negotiated it well. You're working with great partners. You have a VTB, got it from a wholesaler. So everything is lining up, but where's the money? So <laughs> when you guys looked at this deal, cash flowed, you got it at a discount, so you made money in the buy, Yep. but where's the money? You're still looking at over $2 million, 32 unit property, and you guys yep. had to come up with the balance. So how did you guys handle that process?
1: Yeah, so you know the good thing was, like I said, who not? Ha- I'm going to keep repeating this. Who not? How Mark and Dina, their reputation exceeds themselves. They've been able to be oversubscribed on their last few projects that they've done, and even for myself on my flips, I've been oversubscribed on my projects as well. The difference was is that my brand had been around that flipping side of things, and then Dina and Mark on the Mark on the Airbnb side, Dina on the multi unit side. So we combined our networks together, and it was really one of those things where we came up with the presentation. We knew we were going to do this OPM, other people's money, like entirely. Other people's money, none of our own money. Where did that money come from? Facebook. Facebook.
0: (laughs) So you called Mark Zuckerberg, and he lent you the money. Okay, makes sense. There you
1: go. (laughs) There you go. Facebook is a great platform because every single real estate investing network has their own group, right, on Facebook. And so all three of us put it out into our networks, put it out into all of these groups, and then single handedly started hammering away, messaging people, "Hey, you know, are you interested in investing? Hey, are you interested in investing? And we have a template message that we would send through. And funny enough, a number of our investors actually are people that we've never met in our entire lives. We've never shaken hands with them. We've never even seen them in person. We've only seen them via Zoom. And, you know, we took what we've learned in in the real estate investing world in terms of how we present ourselves, the deal analysis, being able to show how we can confidently return a return of investment, a solid return of investment to our investors, which created trust and as well created likability because we're likable people, which then created a relationship. And once you create that relationship, that is founded on those two things, then they'll be more comfortable with giving you the money. So yes, where did the money come from? Facebook, Facebook messaging, our networks, texting, calling, spending hours doing presentations. And so it was really, we really had to work hard for the raise. It was nights where we would be starting our presentation at 9 p.m., And we'd have 15 people on the presentation. We'd end off by 10.30 because people were asking questions. And then we'd have a regroup. And I'm probably going to bed at midnight and then having to start the day all over again at like 6 a.m. Because my son is one and a half. So he likes to wake up at 6 a.m. So it was that repetitive nature over the last 60 days that allowed us to find that money, a lot of hard work, but as well, the application and the action of taking those learnings and then being able to just have no fear, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't ask, you'll never get And so we asked and we asked and we kept on asking and then we got,
0: so. No, that is, that's awesome. And, you know, just so everybody knows, you know, you're looking at, again, the 32 unit deal Mm -hmm. with, and correct me if I'm wrong, you put zero money in. Yes. So zero. (laughs) I know you and I have kind of come across people that want to get started investing, but have this limiting belief that, you know, I don't have the funds, don't have the network, and to be honest, the only thing that's preventing anybody from getting into this business is themselves. 110%. If you are willing to go out there and get the education, like you guys said, that you've invested you know, over $100,000 collectively in learning how to do this business properly, Yes. probably with mentorships, coaches, and everything else.
1: Oh yeah, we and, just spent I think thirty thousand just this quarter alone on <laughs> mentorship and coaches.
0: But the return on that thirty thousand yeah. is well, it's infinite because you know you will keep doing deals over and over and over yep. again. So it it really is that limiting belief that holds people back. You know, grow your network is one thing that I definitely got from what you said, and also putting yourself out there, just creating those relationships with people that you start to get within your network and start building that trust. So. Moving forward now. So when does this property close, by the way? End of the month. End of the month. Okay. And how long did it take you guys to raise the capital?
1: We actually went to the property. So I know, you know, in our sessions, at least Kurt, when we, we run our stuff, you know, we'll always say, we don't even look at the property. We'll we'll run the numbers first and see what happens. But we actually, because this was our first project together, we decided to fly out to Port McMurray, right? Great. You know, super cold in September. And funny enough, the first time we all met was in Calgary. So, you know, Dina lives like 20 minutes away from me. Like my business partner lives 20 minutes away from me. First time I ever met her was in Calgary. So, you know, it just goes to show that we have all the tools we need. You know, it doesn't matter where you are in this country, in this world, business can still happen. Mm -hmm. And there shouldn't be, oh, I can only do business in person. Like that makes me a little, I I don't want to be mean, but people just create excuses for themselves in order for them to feel justified by not doing anything. Mm -hmm. People want justification for their inaction, right? So we've been able to do this by being able to remove all of the excuses and just start doing, right? So we met up in Calgary. And uh, we flew over and first, number one, we we took a look at the property and we actually wanted to go inside so that when people ask us, oh, how's the property? What's the quality of the property? We can give an honest opinion. We can give an honest answer. We walked in to every single one of those units, except one, because one of the guys had COVID. So nobody mm-hmm. ever, I've been in hundreds of different investor presentations. And mm-hmm. when it comes to above 20 units, everybody's just like, oh yeah, we went, we saw the property. Okay, great. You know, we actually walked into every single one of those units. And we took a look and saw the quality. We took notes, we walked in with the inspector because the inspector did this simultaneously with us. We met the seller. We shook hands with the property manager. We shook hands with the cleaner. We got to know the people for who they were because at the end of the day, this business is a people business. It's a relationships business. And to understand what the tenants were going through in terms of how we can improve their livelihoods, it gave us a better idea of how to maximize the income of the property while still being fairly affordable to the tenants there because obviously long-term tenants are great. But at the end of the day, we want to be able to execute on our business plan at a very high level. And so kind of going back now, so that was August, beginning of September, we went, we started raising capital two weeks after, so mid-September, and it's mid-November, so just about eight weeks to raise the entirety of our capital
0: raise. Awesome. Awesome. So do you guys have something else that you're working on now, or are you guys kind of waiting to close on this before jumping into the next project?
1: (laughs) Great that you asked, Kurt. We've created a new program called ATO, which is Airbnb to own. So it's very similar to rent to own, but we realize something in the marketplace right now, and that's in affordability, right? Prices are going down, interest rates are up, and people that don't know how to navigate through this territories are seeing this and they're like, I want to get in, but with a 6% interest rate, I can't afford that on a 60, 70K salary, Mm -hmm. right? Which is outrageous that you're looking at condos across the CN Tower going for 450K. Mm -hmm. And that is, I haven't seen sub 500 K condominiums in Toronto since I'm I'm 26. So it's been quite a while. I haven't seen that ever. I've been, and so when we started seeing this, we're like, there's a lot of people that want to get into the market. So we created a program called Airbnb to own in which people will partner with us. They'll bring the money. They'll bring, they bring the not know how. And what I mean by that is they're just looking to learn. They're saying, Hey, I want to buy an investment property. I want it to cash flow, but I need a team again, who not how. I need mm-hmm. a team to know how to properly manage this. And so my business partner, Mark, being the Airbnb leader of Vancouver Island, that he oversees 300 hosts. He also is um, the founder of the face, the largest Canadian travel nurse Facebook group with over 8,000 members. And he has relationships with health services across Canada has specialized in midterm rentals, corporate rentals outside of short term rentals. Mm-hmm. So we've created Airbnb to own so that we can have that cash flow with a steady team that's already a super host that can actually make and, and generate that cash flow while still building equity. And as somebody that has the money, but doesn't have the know-how we'll train them and teach them. So at the end of the term, at the end of our partnership, they actually know how to run their own Airbnb program, right? They know how to run their own Airbnb business. So that's kind of in the works right now, but I'm putting it out there to the universe. Our goal is to enter the United States in 2023 and to hit over hundred units in that year as well.
0: Awesome. Well, the way you guys are going, I am positive you guys will hit 100 units next year. And especially if you're into the US. And uh, when we are offline, remind me to connect you with somebody that is looking (laughs) at They said they're getting like 200 units plus opportunities in, uh, I think Florida and Texas. So remind me after we're done, (laughs) and I will connect you guys together. And you know, again, this business is about relationships, right? You just said, "Hey, this is what we want to do." I'm like, "Oh, I know somebody that is trying to potentially wholesale or partner, you know, that size." So it could just be one deal, and you guys can be done.
1: I know, I know. We've been looking, and that's the thing with about opportunity. It's that. You don't understand or you don't look at it as an opportunity until you start understanding what that looks like to you, right? It's kind of like I'm reading um, The Power of One more right now, um, mm-hmm. by Ed Milet. And one of the things he says is when you start looking, you know, if, if the wife says, hey, I want a blue band. And you're like, okay, well, great, we'll get a blue band. You start seeing blue bands everywhere. Your your brain starts seeing it everywhere and starts recognizing, oh, that's a blue band. That's a blue band. That's a blue band. Might not be a blue band that I like, but it's still a blue band, mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of a similar way when it comes to us as individuals, where when we start setting our goals, and we start looking for those opportunities, when we start looking for those people, our brain starts automatically being, oh, that's a potential, that's a potential, that's a potential, right? And so that's kind of what we've been able to see. And so with the fact that you mentioned that, it just really brought that back to mind for me, where it's like, hey, if we're not thinking about it constantly, and that's not an actual goal of ours, then it's only a pipe dream. And it's never going to be executed because you're not looking for it. You're not avidly looking for it. Just you're just saying that to say it, and that's something that I find a lot of investors are kind of have shiny object syndrome for that reason, where they just see everything and they're like, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. And you know, somebody told me yesterday, a narrow focus, <laughs> a narrow focus creates big results. Right? Absolutely. So going back to that, it's like when you hyper focus on that blue band, and you got to find what your blue band is, right? Being able to align yourself and all of your decisions and all of your goal making makes it so much faster to execute on achieving your Blue band goal rather than being everything to everybody.
0: That is awesome. And I couldn't agree more. So obviously, you know, being young still, you know, being a father, <laughs> new father, your son is a year and a half. You said yes. so being a father, and my daughter is uh,
1: my daughter's four months.
0: <laughs> so a lot of sleepless nights. Yes. but it goes to show you that anything is possible at any moment in your life, as long as you have that, as you said, in that narrow focus. Yes. And the other thing is the who, not how, So yes. building those relationships. So before we um, end for the day, I want to ask you one final question. If you could share one thing? with somebody that maybe is in your age demographic in their 20s starting out with a family but they have a burning desire to get into you know this business or even just become an entrepreneur what advice would you give them what would you tell them
1: start with why you know one of the very first books i read in my entrepreneurial journey was with simon sinek and it's an emotional thing the why you know, if, and one of my favorite people told said this one time. And uh, if your why isn't strong enough to run through a brick wall, you need to find a new why. And you know, at the end of the day, when I'm, I only have three hours of sleep. You know, or I'm pushing myself, and it's midnight, and I'm still running the. What's that saying? Running the the, the midnight oil or something like burning
0: that? burning the yeah
1: burning the midnight or something like that. I think about why I'm doing this. I think about my my family. I think about my parents who were able to retire this year. Under the age of sixty-five, you know, and my mom is uh, just, uh, she's like, "I'm retired. I can take care of your daughter now." I'm like, "Great, yes, I need it." (laughs) But, you know, I would say for anybody that's starting, it start with why. Figure out. I've always had that dream of wanting to be successful, and I've always had that dream of being able to. Be somebody that could make an impact in my community and in my field and it, within the people around me. And it never brought me anything until I found a why strong enough to continue going and to continue growing as an individual and to do things the right way. You know, I've started like outside of real estate, I've started at least 15 different companies that have started and failed. Each and every single one of them failed for one reason or another, right? But One of the things I learned was that once I started aligning my why and my purpose towards the goals that I had, everything started happening for the better. The opportunity started coming. All of my goals started coming to fruition. My vision board started becoming my actual board. You know, when that happens, it's like, oh, I actually achieved this. Like I wrote down on my vision board last year, I put buy two rental properties. That's all I wanted to do buy two rental properties to hold and to keep to start building wealth. Mm -hmm. Just two. And this year alone, I've been able to close out myself with my other business partner, who's also a wholesaler, uh, Dennis. And we've been able to purchase three properties on 100% VTBs, none of our own money. We have another seven in the pipeline we're looking to let go of. And then with Dina and Mark, just being able to close out on this 32-unit apartment building. And so to me, that's just like, wow. Like, everything just started aligning just the opportunities started coming and i started seeing them as opportunities i don't think i would have been able to do that if i didn't align my focus heavily on on why i was doing it in the first place
0: that is awesome that is awesome and you know i'm really looking forward to seeing the rest of your journey it really feels that although you've accomplished a lot already you are at the very beginning of it and i see nothing but great (laughs) things you know moving forward and looking forward to hearing more and having you back here to share with our audience on on what you're doing. So before we go, Jamison, how can people get a hold of you if they want to, you know, learn more, if they want to potentially invest in a deal? Where can they find you?
1: Yeah, sure. You can go on UnitumHoldings.com. And we have a couple of contact forms, and you can book a. Meeting with me there, or you can follow me on Instagram and you can DM me. Honestly, I'm super accessible. I think on this podcast, you could even put my cell phone number. Like, you know, I don't mind people texting me. Just say, hey, you know, I I listen to your podcast or whatever. And uh, just ask me anything. I'm always open to chatting. Like I said, I love talking. So, you know, uh, follow me on Instagram at James Lab Invest. Um, I'm trying to do like a reel every day, every other day, just provide value. Started yesterday. So, you know, it'll it'll start compiling, but I hope, uh, you know, people find value in this conversation and as well on Instagram.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll put that in the description for the podcast. So people have all the links to get a hold of you. And again, Jameson, thank you very much for being on logger and listings and to all our listeners, hopefully you re-listen to this one. I think there's a lot of golden nuggets in here to either take, whether you're starting out, whether you're a seasoned investor or just need to be inspired. And again, Jameson, thank you very much. And until next time, cheers. Thanks Kurt. If you've enjoyed listening to the Logger and Listings podcast, leave a like or a comment. Not only will we appreciate it, but it will also help this podcast grow organically and help other investors and entrepreneurs grow their businesses and have fun along the way.